UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello. Welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And uh, after some technical snafus last night, we're back with the podcast. So here we are. This is week three of Michigan football camp. Um... So, Andy, the, the news out of uh, camp, the, at least on the field, the little we know, is that uh, the quarterbacks aren't measuring up to uh, what the coaches would like to see. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's a good thing. I think he's fired a warning shot for them. He's just trying to, through the press, get his people excited and get them to break through and give that extra yard and pay more attention. Uh it's not an uncommon tactic when you got new people when you want to stress the importance of the job and that they know the job and uh, give it everything they can give. So I, I think there's uh, already a good coach. I, I wonder what Smith's, you know, Smith has half of those guys that he's coaching. I wonder what he says about it. Certainly he would have been put to that too. But I respect, I respect the Zordic. Uh, procedure and technique and, and uh, the fact that he's doing that. You know, it's interesting to me, and I like it, because normally, you know, what you hear about here from camp is that everybody's competing and everybody's doing great and everybody's progressing. So it was nice to hear, I think, some candor. Um, you know, I, I had another thought. I was wondering if perhaps uh, this was a backdoor way of encouraging some recruits to commit. You know, if you were a cornerback and you were on the fence and you hear that uh, the current group isn't exactly getting things done or, or, you know, is is leaving an an opening, maybe that would encourage a a top four or five star recruit to to sign on and encourage them that there might be some playing time available for them. Could be. It's entirely possible that might be the case. So the other news... You know, whatever news there is, I mean, out of out of the fort or the submarine, depending on which analogy you want to use, is uh, the whole tempest in a tea in a teacup, the whole brouhaha over Michigan not not releasing a roster. Um, and you know, it's interesting because you know, several days ago, when the Rutgers journalist and I use that term loosely, the same way that I describe Rutgers football loosely, um, uh, when you know, when it broke that he was whining that perhaps there was some conspiracy that Harbaugh wasn't releasing his roster and that he'd filed a Freedom of Information Act and Michigan responded that they would get right back to him on the week of the game, of their first game, on 8.30, which is right around the time that, that, a, that a roster and some kind of nebulous depth chart would be, would be released anyway. Um, you know, people are making fun of it. I think anybody who's followed Michigan football um, knows that the rosters and especially the depth charts are pretty much written in sand. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's who's starting at running back, player A or player B or player C or player D. Um, you, you know, you, you don't. They really don't tell you anything. And it, it's funny because I really thought that that it was it was beyond stupid. Um, and then we had the local hometown paper here, or I should say the local Detroit paper, the Free Press, 
pick up the banner, pick up the charge, and, and complain about the same thing, saying that, you know, whining that Harbaugh loved to get attention from the media, but that he wasn't cooperating by, um, by releasing the kind of information that regularly gets released in Columbus and Tuscaloosa and, you know, other programs that are elite programs. Um, and, and again, you know, um, Andy, when Drew Sharp passed away, and with the recent retirement of Mark Schneider, I really thought slash hope that the free press might reset their Michigan coverage. And what this shows is they're just going to go to any length to criticize, you know, Michigan and Harbaugh. Um, you know, considering the, the the really horrible scandal that's happening at Michigan State, um, with the players getting in trouble off the field, and the athletic department being implicated in covering up for the doctor who was abusing um, female athletes, you know, in, in the grand scale of life, to call Michigan out because they're not releasing a roster, it, it's just ludicrous. Um, you know, what do you think about this whole thing? <laughs> well, I, I agree with your Tempest the Teapot statement there. I, they, they are just trying to get clicks, make a little noise, get a little news, and they always have been, as far as Michigan is concerned, uh, Mark Ray's of a sort. Um, Drew Sharp is a good example. He never had too much good to say and, and liked to cause all the trouble he could, and he represented the free press, did he not? So uh, I think that Harbaugh can't be faulted at all. Harbaugh wants the competition for the positions to continue till the first snap and after. And you don't do that by telling people that, hey, this guy's already got it won. You might as well sit back and enjoy the ride because you're going to be number two. I, I think there's uh, a lot of sane reason for what Harbaugh does and the way he does it. And if that's the way he wants to do it, then that's his choice. The Florida coach demeaned himself a little bit today by actually mentioning the uh, 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 depth chart, the lack of a depth chart. As a as a bad thing for him that he was concerned about that that he thought less of Harbaugh because of it along those lines. Huh. and I have other words to describe that kind of thing. I don't think this lays any sludge on Harbaugh at all. It's uh, not an important subject. You know, I, I was really hoping. You know. Um, when, when it was announced that Dick, that Nick Baumgartner, from who had been with them live, was moving to the Free Press, you know he's done really good work here locally. Um, you know, Absolutely agree, a hundred percent. And I was, I, I'm hoping that, and I'm hoping, and I, and I really believe he's going to be a significant upgrade at the Free Press. And, and listen, it's one thing, you know, there are plenty of legitimate things to take shots at against Harbaugh, but in my mind. It's become a situation now where, you know, that because he is popular, it's also popular to be contrarian. Um, it's popular to go after clickbait. And that, you know, really this is an artifact of when the free press and the Detroit News used to be a lot more important than they are now, um, 30, 40 years ago, you know, when they were the only source of information, you know, they would, they would be able to dictate information or dictate requests to, to the athletic department because, you know, that was the only way for the athletic department to get information out. And 
it's interesting that now there are plenty of outlets that are doing just fine without the roster, plenty of online sites, our site, um, plenty of others that, that just kind of yeah. laugh at this. And, you know, I think that this is indicative of, of a lazy media. You know, this is the kind of thing where the roster gets published, they write two or three articles about who is number two, who is number three, who is number four, and all they're doing is regurgitating, you know, a, a piece of paper or, or an electronic document dumped out by, by the football program. Now, it's interesting because, like I said, Andy, there are plenty of, of content out there. There are people who are watching the program, people who have real sources, who don't need to rely on press releases from from the athletic department to, to, to spin cycles. You know, there's a lot of coverage in Michigan, a lot of competition in the coverage and so forth and so on. I really think less of uh, the uh, coach of Florida, though, if he uh, go on this route trying to establish a little uh, a little uh, locker room uh, controversy uh, by saying, by jumping on this, because it doesn't seem to me to, to be that important. It just isn't. Harbaugh has done so much for the University of Michigan and its football program, even though he hasn't beaten Ohio State. And in his third year, uh, it seems like He's only ranked, going to be ranked at uh, not out, not in the top ten, but they're currently only eleven. But Florida's nineteen. So uh, why try to stir the mud with something like this? Anyway, it's not that important. The the Wolverines are going to come up, and let's hope that they they come out mad as hell. And uh, really show that they want to dig into this season and give uh, uh, the Gators the whipping that it seems to me they deserve, and that they have given them each of the three times that they have ever meant to. Now, you know what's funny to me, Andy, is that I do think the roster thing is a joke, and yet here you have the Florida coach wasting any time talking about it. So in a way, you know, it makes Harbaugh look like an evil genius. That, that that anybody is paying attention to this is ludicrous. I mean, both teams are in the same position. There is no tape available on this team. There's tape available from last year. Both teams have gone through significant changes. Both teams are, are working to get their players into into to game speed and, and integrate the, the playbook. So you got more than, you know, I really agree. you got more than enough to worry about on your team to really worry about the other team at this point. I mean, who knows what you're going to see. And to think that you're going to look at a piece of paper, I mean, you know, here's what you know about the Michigan defense. We know about Don Brown. He's going to blitz from all over, okay? Here's what we know about the Michigan offense. Okay, let, let's be realistic. Wilton Spade is the quarterback unless he gets injured, right? You're, you're going to be breaking in new wide receivers. You're going to, you have some good running backs, but, but you have a kind of a suspect mismatch mixed match uh, uh, offensive line. I mean, Michigan has a good defensive line. So you look at this, and there are things that you know, but you know that not from a piece of paper or from a roster that's published. And, again, it's just, I think it's lazy journalism. Um, I think it's it's whiny, and uh, it really doesn't speak well to the free press. You know, when I first saw the article, I really thought that it was a joke. If you know, if, if this had been around April first, I would have thought somebody had published something 
I mean, it, it's bad enough that the free press is basically just an affiliate of the USA Today right now. Um, you know, that, that they're, they're stooping to this level. But you know what? It is what it is. Um, you know, and, and we have the countdown toward the first game, and we will, we will have good things to see. Um, so, Andy, what about the other things we've heard from camp? Do you have any thoughts on uh, the various nuggets that have, that have leaked out over the well, last week or two? One more tidbit on McKelvey, who was the Gator coach. Um, he's got a controversy at the quarterback. He's got three of them. And uh, Del Rio is probably the most important because he's the one that knows most of the playbooks he's been starting. He's got a couple of competitors, and one of those competitors can run the spread very well, spit runner, big guy. And he is putting out there, and this is supposed to distract Harbaugh, that, that he doesn't know which of the three is going to start yet. So where where is his roster? Andy, let me tell you what. I think what you meant to say is he doesn't know which one of his quarterbacks is going to be running for his life from the Michigan defensive line. Here. <laughs> yeah, you can you know, that's another way of putting and, it. And there's very few things that I know about this team, but when you look at the depth, they're going to be rolling a defensive line. Um, you know, they, they have bigger concerns. You know, the, the Michigan, or I should say Florida, is going to have to look at how they're going to block those guys. Um you know, I, I got to believe that the, the defensive line has heard all of the whining and, and all of the hand-wringing about all the starters they lost, and I really think they're going to come out rolling. I mean, you know, you have Taco Trouton getting a lot of publicity up in the league right now. You have Rashawn Gary wanting to plug in and just fill his spot and exceed his spot. I mean, you, you have players that are really going to come in. Um, you know, they generally say the – you know, popular wisdom is that the defense is, is usually ahead of the offense early in the season. And when you think about all the, the experience that, that um, Michigan has on defense, and, you know, even if you, let's say, if, if what we're hearing that the, that the cornerbacks are a little suspect, I mean, you know, the defensive line should be able to make that. You know, one of the things that, that Coach Hoke always said, even if he wasn't able to deliver on, was that games are won and lost on the offensive and defensive line. You know, that's where the games won and lost. So I feel pretty good about the matchup, the, the matchup between our defensive line and Florida's offensive line. I don't know how I, 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 don't know how I feel about our, our offensive line versus their defensive line, but, you know, as far as, you know, which quarterback is going to be running for his life, you know, that's, you know, that, that, that's up to them. X, you know, it's one of those roster things, X or Y. Or Z, it's not going to matter. It's going to be interesting to see how Dr. Blitz uh, decides that he's going to run that offense in order to disable Florida. Is he going to, if, if Brian Monet can line up over their center who is on the smallest side and knock him back a couple of yards every play? Michigan is going to have a, a very good deal if they can stop. They can stop that run and knock them back. Uh, if they can't do that, then Dr. Blitz has got to go to work and fire a lot of people. But it seems to me that defensive line with Rashawn Gary and Hurst and, and Monet, uh, to name a few, uh, can get together and really give them time. So... 
it's going to be interesting to see how they choose to do it. Are they going to blitz all the time, or are they going to rely on the defensive line and Monet at the, at the nose to poke them back? If they're able to do that, that's all they got to do. They don't have to take the risk of blitzes. It's going to be interesting to watch. Well, Andy, I'll tell you what. When I when I think about that matchup, I think we're going to see all kinds of stunts and weaves there. I mean, I wouldn't even expect Moday to go one on one. I wouldn't be surprised if he just, um, you know, shoves them one way or the other, jams them, and you have somebody weave around them and, and, and run right in. I mean, the shortest well, path. I wasn't I wasn't proposing that. The key thing though is that most tackle, if they're right on the center. And it's a small center can drive him back two yards on almost every play. Then Michigan has all its options at its disposal, and they are all good options. They have a tremendous defensive line, and uh, the Gators don't. All right, well... I think that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.